White will cross over the midcourt line. And that's going to do it as the Miami Heat come into the United Center and hand the Bulls their second straight home loss after the break. And the final was 101-90 Miami. He had the eye pass going, and then you'll see, see Hutch go right through. I don't have to pay the dollar fifty, baby. I'm going for free. First you heard Chuck Swirsky, then you heard Stacey King. Chuck right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, King over on... NBC Sports Chicago. I'm Mark Grody here with you until noon on The Score. Been a jamming show so far. Talked Bears with Mark Potash. We were talking Cubs in the first hour with Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. Still to come, if he gets his clock set right, Les Grobstein will join us at 1140 to talk about Illinois this year and the history of the Illini and the Loyola Ramblers and the 1981 DePaul Blue Demons. It's an anniversary on this day. So Grobber at 11:40. We're going to squeeze in some Don Cooper at about 11:25. If you didn't hear some of that, we're going to pull a very entertaining chunk of that interview for you so you could hear some of that. Going to talk Bulls here in a second. And I just realized something to Sean Anderson. Sean Anderson producing the show. I think it was, well, it was probably about this time last year. Actually, I don't do times well right now that you and I, I believe you were producing and we were talking about the Grammy Awards. Wasn't that with you? Didn't you and I do that? The Grammy show? Yeah, it was me, you, and Heron, I think. That's it. That's it. And it was like the Billie Eilish year. And I bring that up because the Grammys are on tonight. There is a grant. So last year was the Billie Eilish year. This year, I presume it to be the Dua Lipa, Megan Thee Stallion year. So Taylor Swift. And I am. What's oh, Taylor? Oh, Taylor Swift. She's going to dominate well. tonight. She's got the most nominations, yes, yes. Is that correct? Uh, Beyonce does with nine. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and Trevor Noah is is hosting. Very funny. I don't know what exactly the format is, if it's all Zoom, if the performances are on stage, and it's just an empty audience. So Limited we'll audience see, but... and, like, multiple stages. So it's going to be kind of like, you know, one performer on one stage, and then they're going to go to the next stage, and then they're going to clean off that stage that they just performed on, and then they're going to have another person on that one. So they're going to go back and forth on the stages. All right, that's cool. I'm down with that because it's always about the musical performances on, on the Grammys, and I am a sucker for it. So I, I'll be watching it. There's a Big Ten title game later on today to watch. There's a Bulls game to watch tonight. And uh, the Bulls playing Toronto, as a matter of fact. And as you just heard, the Bulls coming off back-to-back home losses, both duds. They're both duds. Yeah, 127-105 to Philadelphia. Game in which the, the Bulls were outscored 78-42 in the paint. Turned it over 19 times. Out hustle and they were sloppy and Billy Donovan referred to it as as a huge step backwards and yeah I mean that that's the kind of game that'll that'll drive a coach crazy when you're getting dominated like you're you're being out hustled out muscled out everything like though like that's basic stuff for coaches at any level even Jim Boylan will tell you that um, Friday night they lost to Miami 101 to 90 and one of the more interesting parts of of that game was Wendell Carter Jr., who has been, let's face it, he's been a project for the Bulls since they drafted him. And he had four points in the game, not just that, but he only took five shots. He was one of five from the field. And it's been a very conflicted season for Wendell Carter 
on the court. And what caught my attention was something that Stacey King was saying during the broadcast on NBC Sports Chicago. Tell you what he- nice cut by Young. Good recognition by Porter. Good and a foul. Play. Good play. Just a simple back cut. Solly picked up his dribble, didn't hesitate, went right to the rim. His man fell asleep. And there's Thaddeus Young, the veteran. And you see right there, boom. See, and that's the difference between you see a Thaddeus Young veteran and then a young player like Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell's so busy out setting screens, setting screens, setting one the, screens. One of the best of the league yes. at that, yeah, certainly. And, and that's getting you buckets too. But he's got to become a threat offensively. Right. You've got to you've got to be able to move it out the basketball, use your 6'10", 6'11", frame to score and get to the free throw line. Not You're not just a ball mover. See, in his last offense, he was a ball mover. Right. In this offense, Billy Donovan wants him to score. Yep. He's telling he's having to shoot three-pointers in the preseason. He wants him to score, but if you don't want to score, man, somebody else will. Yeah, Stacey King, NBC Sports Chicago. I mean, how often do you hear an analyst, and I'm sure the coach is saying the same thing, we love you setting screens out here and doing all the dirty work and playing fundamental basketball, but stop it. We'd like you to shoot and score the basketball. We want you to take more than five shots in a game. It's okay. It's almost like Wendell Carter Jr. demoted himself like in, to, to like put himself in that role as opposed to being a part of the rotation. And one thing about Billy Donovan and – it wasn't, as it turned out, it wasn't the right strategy by Billy Donovan to tell him to fling a bunch of three-pointers up. But Billy Donovan is consistent with all of these guys. You got the open shot, take the open shot. Patrick Williams, if you got that shot, that three-pointer in the corner, take that three-pointer in the corner. If you miss it, you know what, take it again. Don't shy off, don't dribble in, take the three, pop it. And But, you know, Wendell Carter is out here doing dirty work. And what, I mean, he is... He is a conflicted basketball player right now. Confidence waning. Let's listen to Wendell Carter's words after that game the other night. Offensively, you know, finishing around the rim, uh, being more aggressive. I feel like I've regressed in that area of being a, aggressive on the offensive end. Um, you know, just trying to play the right way, do do everything that everybody's telling me to do. But at the same time, I understand that me being aggressive would be better for my team. So um, I just I just got to play a lot better on the offensive end. Man, that, that's tough to hear. And I mean that from a, a human being standpoint, that he, he admitting that he has regressed in his aggressiveness, that he just – it just sounds like the, the guy is a little bit lost. He is – lost some confidence. And one of the things that he was doing well that when he started to progress during this year, after he got over the idea that he had to shoot three pointers, it just, it wasn't a good look. He then became very good at just get, kind of what Thad Young does. Thad Young does not overcomplicate his life. Thad Young doesn't take a lot of distance shots. He, he knows his game and it's close to the basket. And that's what it should be. When, when Wendell Carter was thriving this year, it was, getting those shots close to the basket. Yes, getting rebounds and, and putbacks and things like that. Open shots in the paint, mid-range jumpers, that kind of free throw you know, line type of shots. That all worked for Wendell Carter, and it looked good on him for a while where he was getting you know, 8 and 12 kind of nights, 10 and 12, whatever the case may be, double-doubles. Like 
like mild, modest double-doubles look good on Wendell Carter Jr., but he, he seemed to have gotten out of that. I don't know if he's been a little bit rattled, too, on the, the defensive side, maybe if his defensive game is affecting him on offense or the overall confidence because he's been exposed a little bit, you know, size-wise from Joel Embiid to the Joker, and then even Dwight Howard. Even Dwight Howard at this age dominated in the paint. So I, I do wonder if it has a little something to do with with the defense in, in regards to Wendell Carter. But you hope that he's he tries to figure it out because you could tell how earnest he is and his want and his desire to to be better. And he just admits that he's going through a tough time, and it sounds like going through a tough time mentally on the court um, in terms of his confidence. All right, scrub that for now. So that that's lesson number one on the Bulls. Let's, let's erase the chalkboard here because I want to move on to something completely different as it pertains to the Bulls and <laughs> Stacey King. Um, let me take you back to one of the great – this might be just in terms of like a, a announcer highlight – might be this is right up there with with Johnny Red Kerr and the Jordan shot in Cleveland. The Bulls win. The Bulls win. Check. You'll remember it when you hear it. Let's take you back to 2011. Play. Good defense. Lead pass. Whoa! What are you doing, Dragons? What are you doing, Dragons? Stop it! Stop it! Don't do him like that! What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? I want to go higher! Oh my goodness! Dragons! Imagine Dragish after the game, and like, like eventually, some he watches that. He's like, "What? What, what am I doing, Stacy King? What? Why is he yelling at me like that? What? What am I doing? What are you doing, Dragish? Ah! What? What did I do? Jesus! Get off my back! I'm pretty good, man. So that's Derek Rose in Phoenix, famously dunking over. <laughs> over Dragic. And one of the best parts about that highlight, too, like when you watch it, is the Bulls' reaction is hilarious. They're doing the hold me back thing. But the Phoenix match, and it's hard like to see it, like at least the YouTube highlights I've seen, you only get like a quick glimpse of their bench. But even the guys are like, oh, wow! Like the guys on the Phoenix, like just because of what Rose did. I mean, it was a phenomenal dunk. But the reason I play that is because Goran Dragic now plays for the Miami Heat. He's gone from Phoenix to Miami. And he was great the other night. 20 points in the fourth quarter. What's he, 32, 33 years old. He's, like, great at at just getting a tiny bit of space and then make, like, all he needs is a little window. And he's he's still an extremely valuable NBA player. And he always has been, even though he's, like, the George Cumbie of basketball. He, who was the guy that Fridge ran over. So that's what Chicago fans think of Goran Dragic um, as just the guy that made that highlight for Stacey King. So, of course, when Dragic is doing his thing, I'm watching this game, and I'm just thinking about that moment. And I'm thinking, Stacey King's got to say something about Goran Dragic and, like, the whole dunk thing. You know, the guy's great here. you got to give him some props. And then there it was. Stacey King started talking about Goran Dragic. I'll tell you what, he's turned in and having a nice career. 
13-year veteran from Slovenia, 34 years of age. Well, people will remember Derrick Rose dunk on him, but I tell you what, he's he's turned out to be a very good point guard, man. Playing with Steve Nash really helped him. Yeah, in Phoenix. That is one of the great Stacey King calls. Just real quick. Exactly. What, do you, what do you do with Dragic? Great calls of all time. But, you know, that whole play, that whole play, it wasn't the fact what he's doing. It was the fact that he was mad because he was getting pulled out the game. Yeah. He had just jacked up a three yeah, and yeah, then yeah. ran back and got mad and tried to foul Derek Harden. Got <laughs> dunked on as in history now. What are you doing, Dragic? <laughs> one of my favorite Stacey King moments of all time, brother. He's a good player. He's a great player. So I, I love that little addition. Like that's never been revealed. That that, or maybe just I just didn't remember that he was pouting at that point, Dragic. So Stacy King adding like his explanation as to what the intensity of his call. That that was a new revelation right there from Stacy King on his famous Derrick Rose dunk call over Goran Dragic. And what are you doing? Dragic. Mark, I watched um, it just because you mentioned the the Phoenix bench. Do you know? Yes. So uh, Dragic misses the fr- uh, the three. Tyrus Thomas grabs the rebound, passes it up to Rose, and Dragic does try to follow him absolutely hard. And there's one guy on the Suns bench that stands up and realizes, oh, Rose isn't on my team, and then sits right back down. Yes, yes, yes. I, I know. I know that that's the like he kind of stands up and then quickly, like kind of sheepishly goes back down to the bench and I don't know who the player is. I've got I've got to try to identify it, but I love that like when a I love dunks by Bulls players or pick your team whatever in in visiting venues to watch fans reactions like all the Jordan dunks like going into other arenas and watching their watching them like you just can't help it. Like if you're an NBA fan, you can't help but jump out of your chair, even if you were a Phoenix fan at that time. I love zeroing in on fans on the road and then opposing teams. And it was something to behold if you watched that the bench of of the Phoenix Suns. So that that was some some great stuff and good to hear Stacy King all these years later talking about Goran Dragic and that remember Goran Dragic is actually a pretty good basketball player who's had a hell of a career who completely so he's like that's what I'm doing Stacy King you're asking me what I'm doing that's what I'm doing so that was the sequel that was that was Goran Dragic's answer to to Stacy King there are serious things coming up for the Bulls too the, the trade deadline is March 25th and I thought this was interesting, too. Jamal Collier, this paragraph from the Chicago Tribune, for now the Bulls do not appear to be operating as sellers. Recent reports by The Ringer and Mark Stein of the New York Times said that while other teams have expressed interest in Thaddeus Young, who is having one of the most productive seasons of his career as a reserve, the Bulls reportedly are telling teams that he is not available. So, uh, and again, that's in the Tribune, Jamal Collier. This is me now. Please tell me that that's just a way of, of jacking up the price. It's irresponsible if you don't trade Thaddeus Young, if you're offered something good for him. No, you don't just accept anything. You don't trade to trade. But if you can get a real player or a real first-round pick, then you absolutely have to trade Thaddeus Young, no matter what has happened or the effect that he's had. And he's had a great effect on, on these Bulls, and he's been terrific on the floor. But this core that the Bulls have now is not going to be the one that is in the Eastern Conference Finals and winning titles someday. So you you have to have to consider 
doing something like that. Um, a little bit more from that article. Young, 32, would be an obvious target for contenders, but perhaps the Bulls could garner interest if they make some of their other veterans available, such as Otto Porter Jr., who has an expiring contract. And yeah, Otto Porter Jr. will, I'm positive, will be available just because he hasn't been available. Like, when Otto Porter plays for the Bulls since he got here from Washington, he's been pretty decent, but he just is not dependable. So I don't think that you want that around. Uh, Lowry Markinen, two good games since returning. That's one of the great decisions or great guys to debate and talk about right now because Lowry Markinen has been good. We all know how good he can be, but does he fit with this Bulls team and this course? A lot of the same old questions for the Bulls, but that's going to get really interesting when we do hit the trade deadline on March 25th. All right, still the come. we got a lot to do still in this hour before noon. Les Grobstein at 1140. And coming up next, we're going to play a chunk from the Don Cooper interview from the Danny Parkins, Matt Spiegel show from the other day. It's next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. So if you Google that up or YouTube it up, Uh, Hoover. Mark Grody here till noon on the score. We're going to hear from Don Cooper in moments. Les Grobstein live at 1140 on the score. The Bears, by the way, have agreed to terms on a three-year, $11.55 billion deal with defensive end Mario Edwards, according to sources cited by Ian Rappaport. And Rappaport Correctly writes, after bouncing around, he found his footing in Chicago with a new attitude and now will stick around. So Mari Edwards back with the Bears for next year. We were doing a little homework, or Sean Anderson was on the... We were talking about the 2011 Derrick Rose, Goran Dragic dunk, and the, the gentleman who stood up for the Suns was Earl Clark. When he, he, get, he couldn't help himself, it was so unbelievable. He stands up, he's like, oh my God! And then he sits down really quick because it's not his teammate that just, that just dunked on what are you doing, Dragic. So, uh, 312-644-6767. Let's go to... Riles in Gridley. Hi, Riles. You're on the score. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi. Um, I, <laughs> hey, who is that? Is that Kevin Spacey? I don't even know. I'm the only one. Like, oh. I, I don't reference that movie. Sean, do you know who that oh. is? The, the old, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, it's uh, The Room, Tommy Wiseau. There you go. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> I never horrible heard of that, movie. But... <laughs> horrible movie. Great drop, I guess. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wanted to bring in two real quick thoughts on the Illini before you get to Coop. Um, they better win it this year because Io and Kofi are going to say goodbye, um, yep. and and they definitely should. I mean, if they were my sons, that's what I would be advising. And uh, Io made himself a lot of money by playing this well this year. That's that's my thought on one thing. And the other thing is. In the NCAAs, not that I'm bitter, but uh, if the officials call them like they did when Sean May was playing, Kofi uh, will be okay. <laughs> Kofi uh-huh. will be okay, and so will the Illini. Thanks a lot, Mark. Talk All right, man. Yeah, Sean May, the, the, the North Carolina big man who beat up on the Illini back in the, in the final game in St. Louis, and, well, the Illini came back in that game, but North, uh, North Carolina outplayed the Illini in that, the championship game in 2005, for sure. Um, as, as far as the Illini, their future, yeah, I mean, I, yes, Io DeSumo has all but said he's going to the NBA as well he should. He's going to be a first-round pick. And then Kofi Coburn, like I said, his star is rising right now, right now, over, you can see it before our very eyes. 
he's not considered a first-round pick, Coburn. But there's going to be GMs who are going maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he squeezes in after this tournament. Who knows? Because with that body, I mean, it needs refining. Not the body, but the game. For sure. For sure. He's not going to be able to dunk on everybody in the NBA. But he's got the body. He's just got to he's got to tighten up some of the skills. And there, there's got to be a GM who who's going to take a chance on him in the draft in some way, shape, or form. However, so those guys will be gone, but I think that it's very possible that the program for, for the Illini is back on track in terms of some sort of sustained success. Andre Curbelo is terrific. He, the freshman point guard, and I know there's probably more coming in and more guys on the bench, too, that are going to step up, and that's what great programs do. You lose guys, and then all of a sudden a guy like Andre Curbelo becomes the focal point, and you see something different from him. I mean, he was terrific yesterday, 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He had a three-play sequence in the first half that I think won it for the Illini because they're really – Put you know, stamp their flag into the floor with a, a a dunk, that crazy bounce pass he made from the top of the key, and then a layup for the third straight play that made it 24-17 in the first half. So, yeah, I I think that Brad Underwood might have a program here. So of course, you can't depend on the Illini being as good next year as they are this year. So point taken, but I do believe that. This is a different era, potentially, for Illinois basketball. I hope it is. From the 815, Mr. Grody, when Les Grobstein is on your show, if it's mentioned how people downplay NCAA hoops because the Blue Bloods like Duke and Kentucky won't be in it, he will get angry and tell them KMA. (laughs) Hey, let's not project, okay? I don't project. Les is going to say what he's going to say. We don't know what direction the conversation will go in. I have an idea of where I want it to go, where it actually ends up. I I don't know what the, the, the case will be for that. All right. Um, one other thing on Don Cooper before we hear from Don Cooper from the 616. It was time for Cooper to go, but his number should be retired also. See, that's perfect. That's perfect. So we've had two great texts that on, on Don Cooper, and that's one of them, that yeah, man, he 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 served the White Sox well for a lot of years, but time was up, and he should always be appreciated, as should everybody from the 05 White Sox. And but but it was time, it was time for Don Cooper. That said, let's listen to about a seven-minute chunk, as we like to say here at the Score, of this interview with the White Sox ex-pitching coach Don Cooper with Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Oh, geez. You know, listen, I'm lucky, thankful, grateful for sure at the opportunity I had to, uh, you know, White Sox pitching was is very important to me. Uh, there's a lot of people have come come my way, and I'm, you know, I'm glad for all of it. Um, you know, I, what I will say about the whole thing, I spent more than half my life there, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's not fun when people you really, uh, you know, look up to and admire and, uh, you know, care for, you know, care for, that, that's the best way to put it, don't care for you as quite as much. It's not so much fun. Um, that's my whole stay with the White Sox. I, I, again, more than half my life with the team. Um, but, I, again, I, that's, that's, that's my statement, I guess I'll say. On the whole, my whole who didn't, life. Who didn't care I, for you? I, I, I loved it all. I loved it all. 
I loved it all. Obviously, nobody. They, I'm no longer with them, pal. I mean, that, that's a silly question. That's a leading question. It's a question trying to ask me something to get in trouble or something like that. You know what? I'm not looking to hear the sound on anybody. What I simply told you, if you listened, was I was happy and grateful for my opportunity, but it sure is no fun going through something when you really care for a lot of people that don't sit, seem to care for you as much. Did you get that? Oh, I no, I got it, Coop. I'm not trying to ask any sort of leading question no, well, at there, all. There, there's, there, there's, my, there's my statement on the whole, on, on, on the long and short of it, you know, uh, with the White Sox. Uh, I, I, have, I have some great, great memories. Um, you know, certainly winning. You know, and, and you guys, heck, before I got on, I heard about, you know, numerous different interviews I've done, I guess. And I was thinking when they were, when I heard them, I hadn't heard them in years. I said, we're going old school here. And then I said, I still stand by it all. It's We hear you, and it's we're not used to, frankly, covering um, teams when, you know, people have been so loyal. Uh, to to Jerry and to and and in the White Sox organization, we're not used to seeing the loyalty stop. I, what we don't know what changed. So I guess I'm just wondering what changed, Coop. You know, uh, the, the only thing that I know that can that changed, you know, it, it is I'm no longer the pitching coach. They wanted to do something else. They have that right, and they did that. Um, and, and, and I have all of the memories that you guys were just, you know, mentioning about this, that, and the other thing that went on. I, I, I know all of that, you know. And listen, it's unfortunate. It, it, it is. I, I, the bottom line is it, it, it hurt. When, no, when you're no longer a part of something, it hurts. Um, but I'm over that hurt, and I've moved, trust me, I've moved on. Um and I'm living my life. And, uh, it, it, you know, I knew the end could come. I knew the end was closer than the beginning um, uh, and all of those things. But I didn't come on the radio show, your, your show here, to be honest with you, to talk about me and, and, and that and all of those things. Like I said, my first statement covered it all. I'm, I want to go in a different direction now with the conversation. I said, I, I'll say it again for you. Because obviously this should have said it all a minute ago. It doesn't. It's not a great feeling when obviously people you care about don't seem to care about you quite as much, you know. And that's the long and short of it. That's my that, that's my last statement on uh, on the White Sox. My relationship with the White Sox. I, I don't have anything else to add. We want to respect um, your desire not to talk about you, but like people like you. Do you know this? Do you know like how many White Sox fans? feel a warmth well, we, to you. We can talk about stories and things like that and well, anything well, that you want to talk about. But my, I guess my relationship and my, the long-term relationship I had with the White Sox is now over. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to rehash that. I got it. I got you know, it. But like, that, uh, that's, uh, that's just not – I don't find that fun. I understand. Steve Stone said on the air the other day on, on this station that the last couple years were difficult for you. Is that true? Were, were they hard for you? These last couple of years? Oh, well, no, no, no. I'll tell you the years that were hard. The, 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 the hard years was playing in the American League and not having enough talent to compete. 
because we were going through a, a, a rebuild that I used the word painful to talk about in, in describing it. Um, th- those were the tough times, you know, knowing that, son of a gun, uh, our team doesn't really match up. We have to play a perfect game, and we had to do that for a while. Once we started trading, uh, you know, Sale and Quintana, yeah. you know, t- t- our two best pitches, one's a Hall of Famer if he stayed, would have stayed healthy, and the other guy's damn good. You know, but we, we couldn't win with them, so we had to trade them. They were our biggest ships, and uh, I, I agreed with it, you know. And, and so the years after that, that become, they became the tough ones because we were de- developing. You know, we were developing and, and, and trying to, you know, get more pieces back and, and get the organization and the team back where we wanted to be. Well, now they are, you know, so that process is over. What about, Coop, you know, the idea, because we played the clip, you said, in that, in that montage when we brought you on, you know, it was described, and we talked about this the day it happened, it was described as like a mutual parting of ways. And I was like, man, to, you were there 32 years. Here's when you cut through the crap. We, don't, we no longer want you to do what you're doing. And not only that, we want you, you know, you, 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 you're gone. You're out. That's what it means. You know, and okay, I, I, I'm all for it. Nobody, I don't want to be somewhere where I'm no longer wanted. You know, I'm not into that. Um, I was proud to serve and, and, and lucky and, and blessed and getting the opportunity I had to stick around. I had a good run. You know, and listen, I, I'm not sitting here saying I'm done, but for the moment I am. Joseph has the ball back. Seven seconds. Look at this. Look at this. They win. They just unbelievable. I see it all. St. Joseph's of Philadelphia has just scored one of the most dramatic victories in the history of the NCAA basketball playoff. They have upset the number one ranked team in America, DePaul. Look at this, look at this, look at this. For some of us, some very young children at the time, like me, that was very painful to see St. Joe's beat the DePaul Blue Demons. Ow! Sean Anderson, how dare you? It's Mark Rody here for a few more minutes up until noon here on the score. We've got CBS coming up top of the hour and then... It is Cubs baseball on the score. 255. The Cubs play Joe Madden and the Angels. That means Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, and Zach Zaidman will have the call of the game coming up. All right. I think we have Les Grobstein. Grob, are you there, my friend? I am here, Mark. Happy birthday to you. How was 69? Terrific. It's, uh, you know, another number, another year. We move on. So that's it. It's as easy as that. Well, like, that, that, yeah, I've had enough of these that I've gone through, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true, man. Well, you By the way, the texture that yeah. said that I would be angry because Duke and Kentucky won't be in it, I'm happy they're not in it. Well, I, I, I think Kentucky, Kentucky is definitely out. Duke, 
you know that the selection committee is going to try to find a way to snuggle them in there, just like they're going to try to get Kansas. And both of those programs uh, had to duck out of their conference tournaments. But if Duke, Kentucky, and, uh, well, uh, Kansas, if they're all out of it, to me it'll be refreshing. I know a guy that I consider a good pal, and that's Dick Vitale, he wants the Blue Bloods in there every year, and he said, he says, congratulations to all the smaller schools, but I want the big ones in there. And Billy Packer, who is not a nice guy, he wanted all the big uh, teams in there as well. So to me, good riddance to all of them. And I know North Carolina's probably going to get in because I don't think they have a coronavirus issue with their program and they won enough games, so they're going to get in. But uh, it, it would have been perfect to have Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Kansas all out, and that would be refreshing. But there's some... Big wigs that uh, they want all them in every year. Well, that Kentucky's just a good program, though, through the years, right? They cheat. They cheat. Oh. Of course they're good. They cheat like crazy, and they've been cheating since Adolph Rupp was there back in the day. What's the deal with uh, with Billy Packer? I can't let that go. He, so he was a bad guy? Very bad guy. He's been on the station, too, and he's hung up on some of our, not on me, but on some of our colleagues on the station. Really? And he, he, he said, you radio guys, you think you know everything. But And nobody said anything that should have uh, caused him to do that. But uh, the, the, the guy's just, uh, he, he went after in Seattle. That's when the Bulls were there uh, playing in the NBA Finals. Uh, and uh, that was in 96. And uh, when that was going on, somebody in the store says, yeah, that Billy Packer. He tried, and apparently Billy Packer went after the guy and physically assaulted the guy. Wow. Because so he, he hurt just, him, and he didn't. He's, he's just a bad guy. Did you have any personal run-ins with him? I did not. I did not. Okay. What would you say to him if you saw him right now? Nothing. I got nothing to say to him. I got nothing, no time to waste on, on that guy. Okay. Fair enough. By the way, why were you, what happened? You're supposed to be on at 11 today. Why 11? Kathy and I were going out to breakfast, and I wanted to make sure we had enough time, and I had enough time to get back here. Oh, okay. Simple as that. Well, I'm glad. Where'd you guys, what'd you have for breakfast? I won't ask you where. Well, you can tell me where if you want, but what'd you have for breakfast? I'm not going to say where, but pancakes, and it was terrific. Oh, that's great. Now, do you you do like a side order or something with pancakes, or just straight up, just eat your flapjacks and go home? Bacon. On the side. Oh, God, that sounds so good Which, right which now. Uh, she doesn't uh, eat red meat of any kind, including bacon, so uh, Kathy didn't want any. So I had a couple strips, and that was it. And All right. Um, I'm very stuffed. Good, good. More for you that way if the bacon is on the table. All right, so Illinois, Grobber, they play Ohio State today in the Big Ten tournament title game. Let's do some comparing. This Illinois team with 2005 to 1989. Go. Well, I think the 2005 and the 89 teams were terrific. Uh, the team in 05, they got robbed. The officiating in that last game against North Carolina was uh, uh, those officials should have been tossed in jail. And I've made that comment before, and I stand by it. That was absolutely jail. ridiculous. Okay. You heard me. You heard All me. Right. I said it once, and you want me to repeat okay. it? Actual they should charges. have been uh, put behind bars. That was okay. ridiculous. That's extreme, um, but go ahead. Now, the problem is D. Brown, who is one of their best three-point shooters, he did not have a good shooting day, and that hurt. The game in uh, 89, that was a game that was uh, played out in Seattle. They had beaten Michigan handily twice during the regular season, and then they ended up playing them in the Final Four in the semifinals. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that the, the Wolverines played probably one of their best games of the year. They played terrific. I think they even played better against Illinois than they did in the championship game against Seton Hall, which, by the way, the Wolverines won by one. Who, and the who other thing that helped game? Michigan... Right, who, 
Yeah, Steve go ahead, Fisher go ahead. was not their coach. It was Bill Frieder. That's and right. And he took the job at Arizona State, uh-huh. and he wanted to continue to coach him in the tournament. And Bo Schembechler, who was kind of an egotistical guy anyway back in the day, rest his soul, he says, I want a Michigan guy. He's not coaching anymore. He's going, and he basically fired him right before the first NC. It turned out to be good because I think if Frieder was continuing to coach them, I don't think Michigan would have even gotten to the Final Four. And I think Illinois would have won the whole thing. But Illinois, they should have. They didn't. Now they got another chance here uh, in this tournament. And they're one of, uh, I, I saw what ended up happening yesterday. Uh, we know that the Baylor, they took it on the chin by one point. And they haven't been playing that great lately. But I still think the Zags, uh, they have to be one of the in total favorites going into this uh, tournament. All right. 2005 Illinois against 1989 Illinois. Who wins? Oh, boy. Um, I got to say the 89 team was more talented. They were loaded. I mean, that team was terrific. And uh, I think the uh, team in 2005, coached by Bruce Weber, they were very good, too. And, I mean, they they also were loaded. But um, here's the thing, Did you know too. Lou Henson? Were you friends with Lou Henson or no? Because he was the 1989 coach, right? Lou Tremendously Henson? friendly. Got oh, really? great with him. Okay. Tremendously true. So he is the opposite of Billy Packer, basically. Oh, it's no comparison. Okay. Um, will you be all right? So you've got and so Billy got, Packer. Billy Packer was a guy who did not like radio people. He didn't like people with microphones, yeah. and there were a lot of other people who were the same way. But uh, that's what he was all about, and just just a bad guy. So the uh, the '89 Illini you think are are the would beat both '05 and, and and I'm not fighting against that uh, in 2021 because I think it, it's pretty close between '05. And 89. I mean, it's the game is different to... now. Everybody stands outside and chucks up three pointers. Yeah. In college, it started with Golden State in the NBA, and now teams in college ball they also chuck it all over the place and uh, go for those wide open three pointers. And three point shooting has become a lot more of a situation today. I think the game of basketball, particularly in the NBA, I don't like the way that game is played anymore. Uh, I mean, everybody's just looking for three-point shots. And if they have a three on, oh, I've seen them give up a layup or a dunk and just uh, throw it back out to try a three-pointer, which they would, in, in many cases, miss. Are you, are, you know, you're not covering the Big Ten tournament, or are you? Are you you're not in No, that's now, down right? in Indianapolis, and uh, uh, the coronavirus has a lot to do with everything. No ah. doubt about that. So you're not covering it because of the, the virus? or Because or, you usually would cover. Have you ever covered there, a Big Ten tournament? Oh, a billion of them. Every time it's ever been held in, in Chicago, I've always covered it. Yeah, it so why aren't you covering to, it, this one? It's not that it far. Was, it was like supposed to be in Chicago. It was moved to Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, but you could have driven to Indianapolis, no? No, I wasn't going to do that. Ah, okay. you got to stay safe, right? Is that what it's all about? That's part of it. Do Plus you they're, do... They're, they're probably having a lot fewer members of the media at the at the conference tournaments and in the NCAA tournament as well. If I wanted to push it badly, I could have. Okay. By the way, you, read, yeah. read this text message from 20260. Oh, you're Terry following Moore along shares Grobber's loathing of Billy Packer. No question. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah, and I see the Duke can, yeah, Mr. Grody, when Les Grobstein is on your show, if it's mentioned how people downplay NCAA hoops because of the Blue Bloods, like Duke and Kentucky won't be. Hey, hey, he was expecting you were going to come out with a KMA there. But that I don't feel like this this occasion calls for a KMA. Do you? I think the uh, the people who run those, especially Kentucky, unbelievable criminal program going all the way back to Adolph Rupp. 
So those guys should really be in jail, not just the referees from the championship game in 05 in North Carolina and Illinois, but those guys should probably be in jail too, no? Uh, I don't know about that. I think uh, the game against Michigan in uh, 89, I think that was very well officiated. I was in Seattle for that too. No, not the certain- refs. No, I'm talking about the pl- the Kentucky pro. You were just talking about the Kentucky program. Those guys, there's probably a lot of – Coaches, players that should be. Calipari has been. How many programs has he gotten uh, put on probation? (laughs) Pretty much every one. Well, he's probably a Hall of Fame coach. Him, Bruce Pearl, probably the only modern day coaches that are going to the Hall of Fame. You know, you're being a wise guy. You're trying to be uh, funny here. Everybody knows Bruce Pearl is not a Hall of Famer. He's a uh, he's he's a scumbag too, and always has been. They, yeah, to the day he was an assistant coach under Dr. Tom Davis at Iowa, he was a scumbag then, and um, today he still is. Tell the grobber, this is from the A4, so you probably see this at the top. I'm looking so right like, at it. Yeah, uh, what do you I think know about Illinois this? drove to the basket against Iowa and all the rest of it. Illinois is playing well. They could easily win this uh, Big Ten tournament championship game today against Ohio State. We'll see. Yeah. I, I hope they do. Are you a fan of the Grammys? Are you going to be, are you and Kathy going to cuddle up on the couch and celebrate your 69th? I'll be getting and... ready to do a show. Oh, tonight. okay. So, no. Are, are you into the Grammys? Because I know you're kind of a pop music fan, but are you you're not? Are you generally into award shows or no? I'll keep an eye on what's going on. I'm definitely interested. And Kathy, you can bet we'll be watching it tonight. Okay. Because, yeah, it ought to be lots of good stuff. Uh, Taylor Swift, apparently and Beyonce have the most nominations tonight. Uh, I'm sure Billie Eilish will make a, a splash, Dua Lipa, The Stallion, all of them. Trevor, Trevor Noah is the host tonight. I don't think our girl Lady Gaga will be there, though. That's one of Kathy's favorites. That's one of Kathy's yeah. favorites. And became one of your favorites, too, because I know you used to dislike her because you were a Madonna I don't purist. dislike her. I just wasn't a gigantic fan. But you thought she was a fraud too, right? That she was—I thought she was a copycat off of Madonna in many ways. Yeah, right. But she, I think you have a little bit more respect for her now, no? Oh, she, she's got a terrific career going, and it continues. Awesome, Grobber. So you're on tonight, my friend. Anything special tonight on the on the show you want to plug, or just? Uh, I'm told that we may Grauber. not get on until 1 a.m. There might be a what? special. I think there's a special between midnight and one, and then we. What is that up. all about? What is that? Uh, I was trying to find out that myself. All right. Well, I'll get to the bottom of this. All right. Plan on being on at midnight. I'll take care of this. All right. We will be there ready to go either way, but I know we will be on no later than one as early as midnight. And we're going to be talking about, uh, well, we got uh, a few uh, selections that they're going to make. And we'll know where Illinois and Loyola are going to be uh, opening up next week. Awesome, Grobber. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Mark, always a pleasure, buddy. Have a good week. You too. That's the one and only Les Grobstein. I'm Mark Grody, wrapping it up here. Cubs baseball coming up in a few hours. Thank yous to Megan Montemura of the Chicago Tribune, Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times, Les Grobstein of The Score, and Sean Anderson, our executive producer today. I'm Mark Grody. I will talk to you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.